Evangelism is simply just proclaiming the good news about Jesus Christ, uh, his, about his life, his death and his resurrection to a world that does not know him but needs to hear of him. Hello and welcome to the Cornerstone Nottingham podcast, uh, 10 Years of Thankfulness. This is the series we're currently doing. And in this episode, we're going to be thinking about our evangelism at Cornerstone. Think about what that looks like now and how that has developed, particularly over the last 10 years in the building. And today, it's, it's really great to be joined by one of our ministers, my very good friend, Colin Webster. Great to have you with us, Colin. Thank you. And uh, some of you might know Colin if you're not from Cornerstone, from uh, kind of Keswick and doing music and things like that. But that's not really your full-time job. That's a very small slither of the pie, really, of what you do. Um, Colin, tell us about yourself briefly, what you do here at Cornerstone, and maybe something of like that story of, of how that ended up here. Yeah, okay. Well, I, uh, uh, I'm one of the ministers, so a lot of my role is involved in both pastoring people, uh, evangelism, um, doing some of the preaching, and obviously doing some of the music. So, uh, yeah, that, it, uh, music has been a segment uh, of the pie, as you see. How did you end up here at Cornerstone? Uh, it's a bit bit of a long story, which I love to tell the long version. But Maybe I'll that's do the, for another day. Uh, so for, <laughs> yeah, that'll be several series. Uh, but uh, the short version is that my uh, I was studying down at Moorlands Bible College, and my wife said to me, you know, uh, where are we going to be going uh, so that I can apply for jobs? Because she was a doctor. Hmm. And uh, eventually uh, we uh, she was offered a job in Nottingham, at the QMC, and uh, um, I then went back uh, down to, to Moorlands. I was preparing a sermon for that that week, and I pulled off my shelf uh, a, a commentary, uh, a little book on uh, Hebrews 11, which I was preaching on, and I looked, I thought, oh, this is a really good book. Turned around the back, and it said, Peter Lewis mm. is the minister in Nottingham, and this is the first time that I've actually registered that there was a minister in Nottingham uh, and a church that I could identify with. So I wrote to Peter and uh, said, gave him my CV, and I said, look, I'm looking for a job as an assistant minister. My heart is for evangelism. Mm. I thought nothing more of it, and a few weeks later, I get a phone call from Peter Lewis, who tracked me down when I was on placement in Bristol, of all places. <laughs> and uh, uh, the, he phoned me up and he said I found a church that's looking for somebody like you and I said oh who's that and he says it's us the <laughs> day that your letter arrived on uh, my doorstep was the very evening that our elders for the first time in the history of Cornerstone were saying we need an evangelist mm. and uh, so he said I saw that and I he, he also saw Westminster Chapel where I used to work before and he said that was enough to win win me over. So I got up, had the interview, and uh, the rest is history. I've been well, here for 26 years. I was going to say, we, we marked 25 years just last year, and uh, Peter kind of shared a story where um, your, your previous minister, R.T. Kendall, had said that you were pure gold. And Peter very much enjoyed quoting that story, and he agreed with that. He said, you're pure gold. Yes, the rest of the team say pure tin. <laughs> not true, not true. But Colin, you are uh, an evangelist. You're one of our ministers. Evangelism is very close to your heart. You are so naturally gifted in that ministry. 
Um, what would you say if somebody said, what is evangelism? It's kind of a Christian word, isn't it? What, what is evangelism? Uh, well, evangelism is simply just proclaiming the good news about Jesus Christ, uh, his, about his life, his death, and his resurrection to a world that does not know him but needs to hear of him. Uh, it is telling people uh, their great need of God's forgiveness to mm. be put into a right relationship with himself. Uh, and in order that by virtue of placing the trust in Jesus Christ, who was God in flesh, who came down, died on that cross for their sin, mm. rose again for the justification and to offer them eternal life, that by turning to him, they can enjoy a living relationship with God in the here and now and on into eternal life with him in the future. And essentially that's what, what I do is I tell people that uh, God's story, God's message of salvation. Mm, brilliant, brilliant. Um, and uh, I remember arriving as a student in Nottingham at Cornerstone while we were still in the school. Um, this was years ago now. And you were advertising what in those days was called Easy Access or the Easy Access course, maybe. Uh, and, and now you do something called the Curious course. What, what are they? Uh, if somebody was kind of thinking, what is that? What's yeah. all about? Well, Easy, uh, easy Access, uh, I started that as an initiative uh, when uh, during the, the time coming up to the millennium, that was probably before you were born, Phil, wasn't no, it? No, 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 no. Oh, right. No, no. Okay. You're older. I was made in the 80s. Oh, just. oh right. <laughs> well, uh, in, in the lead up to the millennium, there was people doing a millennium challenge. So, for example, celebrities were saying, I will promise that in the millennium, I'm going to learn to play the piano or yes. I'm going to learn to, uh, to play the violin or... I'm going to uh, uh, read a book or mm, mm. Uh, or go on a cycle or something like this. Uh, so I thought, well, this Millennium Challenge, maybe I could uh, uh, tap into that. So I, I, I went round some of the doors uh, in the area where the school was meeting and just said, look, would you like to consider doing a Millennium Challenge of looking at what the Bible has to say? Mm. And we had about 20 people that showed up. And it was that that I called Easy Access. Uh, it was supposed to be accessible. It was to use as less, uh, the least amount of jargon as possible and just take people on a journey from Genesis to Jesus over a six-week period, picking up the main highlights of what the Bible message is in a nutshell. And I, I went on and, and did that, uh, ran it uh, two times uh, each year uh, until we came to this building. Mm. And then I decided that people were curious as what was going to be happening. What, what, what on earth are they building here? Mm, mm. In fact, we could see pe people looking saying, it's going to be a church. Mm. I can remember this couple walking past and said, it's a church. Mm. They were absolutely astonished that a building this big was for a church for today. And so I thought, right, curi they're curious about that. Curious, that's what I'll change mm. the name to. And I'll shorten the course down to four weeks. And I, and I run it on a Sunday because I think that's what, what gives the biggest impact uh, for people is when they see lots of people in this building, they hear the worship of God, and then they come out uh, for the Curious Course whilst the sermon's going on in the main auditorium. And what are those four weeks about? So the four weeks essentially just cover uh, the, the, the creation. Uh, is there a God? Uh, what about creation and why has he made us? What's so unique about human beings? Mm, mm. 
then week two, we focus in on what's gone wrong with the world, the fall, and what has God done about it. So God came in person. So I use that week to, to uh, talk about the fall as well as the identity of Jesus Christ, that God has come in person, in the person of Christ. Week three, I look at the subject of what was happening behind the scenes from God's perspective as Christ was dying on the cross. And week uh, four is the evidence for the resurrection and uh, how you can have eternal life. Mm, mm. And um, there must be, over the years, um, you've had hundreds of people, maybe thousands of people come through those courses. Perhaps hundreds, but uh, thousands might be an exaggeration. But yeah. And uh, and people from, from the UK, also people from overseas who come maybe to study in Nottingham. I know, I remember the easy access you had translated into Man was it Mandarin. Mandarin, because yeah. we, we had about sometimes uh, 40 mainland Chinese yeah. that were coming uh, at each sitting. We yeah. would sometimes have 85 people in the room, um, most of whom would be internationals. Mm, mm. Uh, again, it's partly because I, so much of my slides were in uh, English, and then I got them translated into Mandarin as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just, it just gave them a, a far more accessible entry point into the Christian faith and understanding mm, mm. it. You're a man who loves stories and uh, <laughs> guilty <laughs> uh there must be some brilliant stories from over the years what, what are some of the highlights for you as you look back uh, on evangelism for these last 26 years at cornerstone um i still go back to 1997 uh, uh november 1997 has been one of the, the highlights i was preaching a, a sermon at a baptism and there was a young man who was playing bass uh for, for us he, he was a second year student his name was Matt Yates, and Matt got baptized, and I was giving the evangelistic talk uh, during that time. And I gave an appeal for people to respond to the gospel, to stand if they were wanting mm. to receive Christ. Matt's mom and dad, who had never been to church, stood, uh, his dad stood up, mm. and I nudged mm. him and said, Matt, your dad is standing up. Wow. And his, in fact, there was about seven people responded. And I still remember a, a, a girl called Shelley, who's a doctor and, and married to one of the elders at another church in Nottingham now. Mm -hmm. She also stood up on that, that day uh, to receive Christ. And Matt's father contacted me uh, after two months. Uh, and he says, Colin, I just want to tell you what God's been doing in, in the two months that I've been a Christian. I have been a bank manager for 30 years. I'm now actually going to be serving in the church, helping wow. them with a building project for a year. I've taken a sabbatical. Uh, he then was so converted that his wife became a Christian and both sets of grandparents uh, became Christians. And the next door neighbors started going to a church, mm, uh, their mm, church mm. as well. Such was the the transformation. So that was that was one of the the the, the highlights for me was seeing uh, uh, that one. I think just seeing people become Christians, yeah, in general is always uh, an exciting thing. Then I think of other people. Uh, I think of um, um, Gareth Russell. Uh, he joined uh, mm -hmm. our, our Curious Course, and some people that are listening to this or watching this might know that Gareth Russell is now uh, a, a minister mm, um, mm. down in, is it Suffolk or Norfolk? Bury, is it Bury St. Edmunds? Oh, Bury St. Yeah, Edmunds. That's it. He's going yeah. 
um, and uh, again, it's wonderful to see Gareth now being someone who himself teaches people the, the gospel. Uh, so that that's always a great joy. Mm-hmm. It must be just amazing to think that you've, there's this kind of spiritual family tree that exists. There's there's these people. And it's it's never about an individual. It's never about us or our work. It's about the the Lord and Him speaking into people's lives. Hmm. But there must be a sense of satisfaction when you kind of look back on, you know, life after life after life, which has been marked in some way by a session that you or a conversation that you've had, or an opportunity. Um, do you have any reflections on that? It's like as an evangelist, where's the satisfaction come? Well, I think the satisfaction is knowing that when you fully grasped that people were destined for hell, mm-hmm. that is the biggest sigh of relief on God's heart, in my heart, mm-hmm. and I trust mm-hmm. in their heart as mm-hmm. well, is to think I'm no longer going there. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm actually now living my life for God, and I have an eternal life to, to look forward to. So I think that that is... Th- the biggest uh, uh, joy in, uh, in satisfaction is when people are living out their lives the pr- <coughs> for the purposes that God had created mm-hmm. them for. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's always a delight. That must be an, 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 a burden as well that you carry, I guess, when you have conversations with people maybe who just seem so far away from putting their trust in the Lord. Have, have there been any particular challenges that, that you've identified along the way, either in the lives of, of unbelievers or in, in those of the Christians that you see at Cornerstone? Yeah, well, I, yeah, I think one of the hardest things for any pastor or, or minister is when people uh, that you've invested in either turn their back on God uh, or mm. don't come to saving faith uh, uh, or, or, or just you just know that everything else that they're going to be living is never how God intended mm. it to be. And so that's uh, that's always one of the, uh, the, the 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 sad parts, but also just wanting a little bit more of a spark for Christians themselves mm. to take up their personal mm. responsibility to just gossip the gospel, mm. just to naturally um, tell others about their faith mm. and, and to mm. stand up uh, in their workplace, their neighbourhood or whatever, and be unashamed of just identifying with uh, being known as a Christian. Mm. But I, I do think you, when you see people who've got that spark, and you've definitely got that spark, this is kind of, it is quite contagious, I think, you know, when you see people excited and, and hungry to speak, speak the gospel into the lives of their family, their, maybe their friends at school or university or colleagues at work. And there, there, is, a, there is a buzz and excitement from that. Um, but it is a shame sometimes when we just feel that that's been kind of suppressed. You know, life creeps in, disappointments emerge. Mm. Um, what, would, what would you say to someone who is kind of struggling with that? They feel like they've lost the spark in some way. Um, I think I think the first thing is to, to remember what you've been saved from mm. and mm. what you have been saved for. Mm. Uh and who you've been saved by. In other words, the cost to Christ to redeem you from the one and offer you the other. Uh, It's re-engaging our hearts with the love for for Christ Mm. Uh, because Christ loved people. He loved being with people. He Mm. loved telling people the good news. Um, And uh, and so I think actually, if you were to say to people, uh, 
do you want and desire to, to reach people f- with the good news of Christ? Often you will find it's people that aren't engaging with God on a daily basis mm. in their own devotions. That's where a lot of the spark is lost, is because they're not engaging with God. Mm. The heartbeat of God is reach the lost, reach the lost, mm. reach the lost, disciple people and reach the lost. And so, <clears throat> um, yeah, I think that's the first starting point is people um, uh, weighing up where is my own heart with God? Mm. Because if you've got the heart of God, he, he naturally is wanting to send us out to be his ambassadors mm. as those God were making his appeal through us. Um what was the rest of the question? <laughs> well, there was a question I hadn't written down, so you hadn't re- <laughs> thought no, about okay. that one in advance. But we'll come, I think we'll come back to that later on. I, I've been thinking through a little bit about uh, one of the events that you've run over the years. It's called Barriers to Belief. Yep. So people have their, you know, their questions, sometimes these kind of walls, it feels like, between them and God. Um, and I guess the question really is, in, in an age where it feels like so much has changed in terms of our culture, the world around us, all of those things, are people still asking the same questions that they were 20 years ago? Um, I think uh, some of the key questions are, are always going to be the key questions. So suffering mm-hmm. is always going to be almost top of the list. And that's why we, we do one on, su- on suffering, uh, a barriers to belief on suffering. And also science, mm. uh, the amount of people that just naturally want to dismiss Christianity because, you know, that's in a day and age when people used faith and we used fact. Mm. And they fail to realize that actually the Christian faith is based on facts. Um, but I think uh, the biggest challenge that we're faced with is, is, is twofold. One is on identity, uh, where, where people are, are starting to, I mean, it's almost hard to, to to comprehend that people are now thinking, I, d- I don't know whether I'm a man or a woman. Mm, mm. You know, we would never have thought of even questioning that because it's written in our DNA. But identity, uh, people looking for identity. I think social media as well puts a lot of pressure on people to try and live up to the dream world of everybody else that they're seeing. Mm, mm. And so people have such a sometimes a low opinion uh, 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 and are looking for love and likes and so that's a challenge for people um, there's a flip side of that as well isn't there sometimes people have maybe too high of an opinion of themselves that they think that I'm perfect uh, absolutely why would I need yeah, God yeah that's it why because and and so often that, that you know the bible kind of challenges people uh, uh, about that there's sometimes we can become too in, inter mm, uh, you mm. know interdependent rather than outer-dependent. And we, we actually need help from outside. Yeah. We need God's help. And people are their own savior. Mm. Um, I, I must be uh, lovely because I am loved so much or liked so much. Mm. Uh, and that's what people see on their, uh, their, um, uh, their uh, Facebook or Twitter mm. account or mm. whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I think also some of this indifference uh, is the shrug as it were, to, towards God. It's almost like, a, so what? Even if it's true, so what? Mm, mm, and mm. I find that really desperate, is that people almost, well, I can't be bothered even if mm. it is true. Mm. Uh, and that, that's a, a barrier to people uh, now. And I think, actually, we need prayer. We need prayer for revival. Mm. Um, that only God can ever open up the blind eyes and see, uh, allow people to see their need. 
I think some of the events that we've seen in the world today, in some ways, I hope it does shock people mm. and make mm. them aware of their own fragility of life, how everything that we've been basing our, our worldviews on, uh, the politicians will be our savior, the banks will be our savior, mm. the stock markets will be our savior. No, we, we need a bigger savior than mm. that. Mm. Um, uh, and so I, I just hope that even the world events that we're experiencing might allow people to see the fragility of life and realize that they are but dust, a grass, a flower that is here for a moment and then disappears. And then what? What about your eternity? Eternal yeah. life is the most important thing for people to grasp a hold of. And these, these things, call, I think, do cause people to pause and reassess like you said with the millennium you know kind of the changing of the millennium people were kind of thinking this is an opportunity to to reassess life as did i think covid when it mm, hit yeah. there was opportunities there and i know you ran several curious courses online i, I did six wow. online and normally i would do uh, on a really good year i'd run three curiouses throughout the the the, the year mm. but when i was actually uh, doing it via zoom I ran six. It was almost back to back. Mm. And in fact, on one occasion uh, with the group that was before me on the screen, uh, because we weren't meeting up in the church building, I said to one couple, I said, oh, where are you from? And this mother and daughter said, oh, we're, uh, we're from uh, Churchill. And mm. I went, Churchill, all right. How, where, where's that in relation to Nottingham? They said, oh, it's in Somerset. And I thought, what? Wow. I had somebody else from Peterborough and I had another uh, girl up at, in Glasgow, mm -hmm. all on the mm -hmm. same call, uh, Zoom uh, course. And I just found that amazing. Uh, in fact, to be honest with you, it's something that I think I'd probably do again. Revisit, yeah. Even People could bring family members from other parts of the country and that, that was amazing and encouragement yes. to them as well. You, yeah. yeah, well, that's the thing. You could actually get a whole family yeah. gathering round wow. uh, the, the Zoom call. Um, so yeah, it's something that I think I might have to revisit. Yeah, we talked a little minute ago about the kind of spark, and people maybe think that they don't have the spark. Um, so I think some people genuinely think that they aren't gifted in evangelism. They aren't, they don't have the gift, or maybe the personality. You know, you kind of think evangelist. You think somebody who's kind of gregarious, who's you know a people person, who's quite you know chatty. Um, You'd not, make not, a good evangelist, <laughs> Phil. You're chatty. Uh, what would you say to someone who maybe doesn't feel like they've got the kind of personality to engage with unbelievers with the gospel? I think that Jesus chose a bunch of people mm. as his disciples who had probably every personality that we could imagine. Mm. Mm. Um, and he sends them out. Mm. Uh, he says, you guys are good enough to do this. Uh, mm. Don't let your personality stop you from witnessing. I do remember um, that uh, back in my Westminster Chapel days, that, that one of the quietest people I know, uh, this lady called Peril, um, and uh, she she would go out on the streets just witnessing very gently with mm. people. Uh, I, I remember uh, Malcolm, who was had cerebral palsy. He couldn't speak very well, but he handed out tracts to people and mm. actually years you actually i'm going to jump back to a highlight here I, about two years uh uh after malcolm had, had been given out sort of these tracts there was a guy that came to a conference and he picked up this leaflet and he it was it was the tract that was handed out to him and he said i was given one of these uh 
mm. by a, a guy who had cerebral palsy. Well, we only had one person, and it was Malcolm. And he says, just tell him, I, I was a Jew, I've become a Christian, and I'm now training for the ministry. Wow. wow. <laughs> and I told Malcolm, and he, he kind of had tears in his eyes. That's amazing. That. But God can use any one of us. And I would say, start from <clears throat> where you start with something that's really simple. You it, start off with, with testing the waters if there's curiosity. Ask somebody, um, what are you doing at the weekend? And they'll mm. usually tell mm. you, oh, I'm going off uh, uh, f to, to the seaside or I'm climbing up a mountain or something like that. And then the natural question they will ask you back, if they're being polite, is saying, and what are you doing at the yeah. weekend? Just include not only what you're doing on the mm. Saturday, but mm. just saying, oh, and I'm also going to church on Sunday. Um, maybe even just say, and you'd be very, very welcome to come along. Mm. Uh, that might just spark off a, a bit of interest. That's good. I think you said earlier on about gossiping the gospel. And there is a sense that actually just making it normal that we talk about church, we talk about Jesus. Yeah. That's a normal, a normal thing. Yeah. So another example is, is when I was out walking my dog. And again, uh, if, if that draws in a whole host of new people into your uh, sphere uh, and I remember this one lady just I lear learned to listen to people and to listen to their problems. Mm. And I listened to this lady and she was sharing a real tragic uh, uh, condition that her, her granddaughter was in. And I just stopped and I said, look, I hope you don't mind, but I, I'd like to pray for you. Mm. Mm. Now, mm. when people hear that, they think I'm going to go home and pray or yes. go to the church and pray. And I said, yes. I'd like to pray for you now. And that's what I, I says, do you mind? And I've never had anybody reject me yeah. when I've done this. And I just prayed into that situation. And do you know what that lady did? The, the next dog walker that came on, she said, you won't believe what we've just done. We've been praying together, <laughs> you know, and we did it here in the field. And you sometimes think, you know, uh, I think people feel the pressure sometimes. I need to go looking for the opportunities. I need to be inviting people along. To, and all that, that, that is good. Yeah. But sometimes the opportunities just come to us. Like I remember a few years ago, we had a young lad come to Cornerstone and he just said, I've tried atheism and it doesn't work. Yeah. And that was his first day at the yeah. Cornerstone. That's he it. was then embraced into our kind of 20s and 30s group. Yeah. You met up with him, I know, and yeah. he did Curious and became a Christian. Now I'm married to a Christian girl. And, you know, just amazing to see that transformation in a life that nobody went looking for that person yeah. apart from God's. God went looking for him yeah. and brought him into the church, and then he met Jesus yeah. here. Now, there's, uh, there's something else I want to add to this. If Even if people are shy as Christians, what to do is to, to grab some tracts. Mm. Roger Carswell, Carswell would love me for this, mm. but uh, especially as I actually use a number of his tracts. Um, but have a tract, a gospel tract. I've got one on the evidence for God. I've got one on the Lord's my shepherd. I've got even one for dog walkers. <laughs> uh, and also a John's gospel. Have something that you can just tuck away in your pocket mm. or have a, 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 in a wallet or in your bag and just listen to opportunities that, that arise and, and just maybe say, oh, that's interesting what you've been saying. Look, you might be interested in having mm. a, a, mm. a read of this. Mm. It's a simple thing. So even if you don't feel that you yourself are good at communicating yeah. with people and presenting the gospel, just hand them yeah. a, a tract by, by someone that, that can unpack things a bit further. And then you yeah. can follow up that conversation with them uh, afterwards. Also, introduce them to other Christians mm. because it might you might be the first port of call 
as a Christian, but maybe say, hey, why don't you come on a walk with me? I'm coming with my friend so-and-so. They also go to my church. Mm. And maybe they are, are uh, might, might draw out a little bit more of the conversation uh, uh, about Christ uh, with them. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just learning a number of, d- learning to use simple things like listening, praying for people uh, about their hearts, offering a tract. But also the one thing that I would urge every Christian to do is to learn a simple gospel outline. Mm-hmm. Learn a simple gospel outline. I always go for the bridge illustration. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when my wife invites me out to um, uh, some of the, the meals that, with the, that these doctors have to go on, and folks ask me about my church, they say, oh, do you get many people? Because they're thinking yeah. it's three old ladies and a cat, and there's more <laughs> life in the cat. And, 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 and I say, yeah, we get about, oh, about 700 uh, people on a Sunday, maybe yeah. 800. And they're absolutely flabbergasted by this. And they actually then want to know a little bit more. Mm. They say, you must be doing something right. And I say to them, I can tell you in 10 minutes what we're doing right. Mm. And I said, would you like to hear the message that we tell them? And I'm going to tell you the whole of the Bible, the message of the Bible in 10 minutes using four pictures. And I go through the bridge illustration. Mm. Mm. Do you know this? Every person that I've ever drawn that, on a napkin uh, uh, with. I was to do a picture, a a verbal illustration, i.e. a story, and a scripture. Mm. A picture, an illustration, and a a scripture for each of the four pictures. Mm. Mm. And they always say to me afterwards, can I take a picture of that? Mm. Or can Mm. I... Take it away, can I yeah. take it away? And you've given them a yeah. track. You've given them something that they could look up for themselves. And you've got a version of that, a video version of that. You've done, I think it's on our website. It, um, yeah, it's been we, taken down and I don't know why. Oh, because right. I know. Yeah. Well, but ha- there, we'll is, there is a one. version, yeah. but it's not my version. And not unless yes. I've suddenly turned into an American. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we can drop that into the notes for this on, yeah. on YouTube and, and maybe I need notes. to redo it so, yeah. so that people can see my my drawing skills. There's a challenge. Very good. Um, one one of the things just before we finish, I'd love to get your perspective on we we as Christians are sent out into the world. We're sent out to make disciples. We've been sent by Jesus. We're actually sent by the local church to the the places, the context where we are in. And uh, you know, you've shared this with me before. Sometimes um, we need to get the perspective that we're actually entering the mission fields. So what was your anecdote about that? There's a story. Yeah, it's, about- there's a there's a church in America that as people are leaving the car park, the car park sign says, "You are now entering the mission yeah. field." Yeah. And uh, and so, in fact, I was I was telling this because I was speaking about mission last night to newcomers to mm-hmm. our church. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, and I and actually I also gave them all the tracts that I, I I've just got here. Yeah. I said, take one of these. If you've never given out a tract, let it burn a hole in your pocket <laughs> and say, God, who have I to give this leaflet to? Yeah. Um, but but yes, the mission field isn't actually just out there because do you know this? At any one service at Cornerstone, mm. we could have maybe twenty people that are unconverted or people that think they're Christians but aren't. Yeah. So the mission field isn't even out there beyond the gates of your church. Sometimes it's it's people that have come in. Yeah. Uh, and and there are there are a number of people that are uneducated yeah. who think they're Christians. And yeah. and, and actually the mission to, yeah, it's a to whole children, minute. young people, yeah. students. Where we get we get adults, we get we get non Christian people all along. We want to introduce people to Jesus at every age and stage. Mm. 
any final tips, advice for anybody who's kind of listening to this? They feel a bit fired up by what you've said, encouraged to go. What would you say to them? Um, I, I would say, look, be bolder, believe in God and, and don't be put off by apparent non-results. Mm, mm. Because look at the parable of the sower. Yeah. Uh, and and actually going away and read that and you see, look, yeah. the results might be that only one of the seed falls in good soil. Yeah. I've scattered all this, but I only get, you know, one out of four. But yeah. look at that, what that one does. Sometimes it produces up to 30 times, 40 times or even 100 mm. times. Mm. You never know the knock on effects. When I think of the people that invested in me, Eric Wood and Ian Pittendrich, I, I doubt that they would have realized the people that I would then go on and, mm, and speak mm. uh, about Jesus uh, about. Uh, so, yeah, you just never know who it is. And I and also believe that Billy Graham was converted at a meeting with very few people. And, mm. and I dare say the preacher that evening probably thought, well, it was only one person. Yes, yeah. but what a one. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. the thing. You never know who God's going to put in your path. Yeah. But just be bolder about sharing your faith yeah. and learn how to share it. Mm, learn mm. a gospel presentation mm. so you don't even need a tract. Yeah, somebody on the kind of being bold thing, somebody said to us recently on our team, um, you know, maybe you're thinking about, I'd really love to invite a friend along to one of our carol services at Christmas or to one of our Barriers to Belief events or something like that. They said, see how many no's you can get. And mm. I thought that was a really interesting yeah. way, you know, because people do say no and things happen. People pull out. There's people are a bit flaky sometimes yeah. with their yeses. But um, I like that. You know, the, what, what, what's the risk of, of, of inviting somebody along to church? Yeah. yeah and, some, and another important thing is don't assume someone's answer is going to be no. In other words, don't. Yes project onto them oh they'll just say no so i won't ask yes yes they might don't say do yes. that let them say yes yeah. let <laughs> let them be the people don't you make the the, the judgment that they're going to say no just ask and and actually that that is another good point is is invite them to events mm. you know mm. uh, invite them to some of the things that you're laying on at, at your church and especially in the run-up to christmas you will never get an easier mm. invite mm. than to invite somebody to a carol service mm. Folks just love it. That's yeah. the one thing that we can still actually hold our head up and say, would you like to come to a carol service and nobody's going to shoot you down? Yeah. So use that. Uh, uh, aim for that. Pray for that. Have a prayer list of people that you say, God, give me five people that I'm going to pray for that, that I can start uh, believing you to, to, to reach for Christ. Brilliant. There you go, guys. That's our call. Be bold. Let's do this. We can do it. We can do it because God's with us. And Absolutely. Let me pray for his help and for thanks for all that he has done and continues to do with the evangelism at Cornerstone. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much uh, just for this time even to, to stir our hearts um, for what is on your heart to reach people, to make disciples, to bring people from death to life, from darkness to light. Um, Lord, what an opportunity, what a calling we have um, to go, but also to, to make disciples where you have placed us to be, whether that's in church on a Sunday and the people who've come in who are unbelievers, in our work with children, young people, the next generation, in our work, we're out there in the, in the workplace. You've sent us to go and to, to speak 
the truth of Jesus, to live lives which point to Jesus. Um, Lord, would you help us to be bold? Would we be looking for every opportunity to introduce people to you, to, uh, to, to point people to the hope and the life of the gospel that we have through Jesus? Help us, Lord, we pray. We can't do this alone, um, but we know that you are with us. Uh, so we pray that you would help us, that you would open the doors, the conversations, the hearts of those around us to the good news of Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.